You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. feel like who art ed who art is mr wood art ed me <laughs> yeah. either way it's, it's ambiguous it works on so many levels i know that's off to a great start Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host Kyle Wood. Now, today I want to talk about a few things. First off, as it is a Friday, I do want to share a fun fact about one of my absolute favorite artists, Keith Haring. One of his most famous and popular images, the three-eyed smiley face, actually came about by accident. In October of 1981, Herring was invited to paint directly on the wall of the Anina Nosi Gallery. He was participating in a group show of neo-expressionist paintings. In the early days, that's how Herring's work was categorized. So he began painting, and he started by outlining the border and working his way in to fill out the composition. Keith was an artist who always brought a youthful, joyous spirit to his work, and he decided to pull some inspiration from his childhood. He thumbed through the pages of his old workbook and decided to paint following the instructions for a guided drawing of Mickey Mouse. He started with the large, grinning mouth and then added one of Mickey's oval eyes. Except he quickly realized that he had rendered it off-center. The eyes were too far apart, but he couldn't exactly wipe it off the wall and start fresh. He compensated by adding a third eye to balance the composition in one of the most compelling proofs that maybe Bob Ross was onto something when he declared, we don't make mistakes, we just have happy accidents. Although I will admit I made a mistake in a previous episode when I got Andrew Fuller's birth date wrong and consequently his age. He actually reached out to me shortly after that episode aired and he was super nice about it. The part that made me really happy though was he was kind enough to give me a little peek into his thought process. It was a wonderful conversation and 
really tremendously validating when he confirmed that my interpretation of his work was more or less correct. He said that the suitcase was important because of the wear. Uh, In the episode, I had critiqued it saying, you know, maybe we don't need to put every sort of mark and defect and sign of wear on something. And truth be told, I kind of I get the whole like scars are souvenirs kind of mentality that there's beauty in those flaws and imperfections. And it's the evidence of authenticity and the narrative behind it. I get that, but also just the teacher in me doesn't like to have those kinds of things regurgitated by students as an excuse for poor quality craftsmanship. And then I have an entire class of stuff that looks like Cy Twombly's throwaways. But back to the Andrew Fuller commentary. He told me that he intended it to be a piece that traveled all over the world with him and his husband. He said the only untattered pieces in the sculpture were the clothing busting from the suitcase because the suitcase had been through a lot and still, despite all of that wear, it held together. The seams were ripping, the handle is busting off, but still it holds together. I think there's something beautiful in that. Now, to put it in Andrew's words, he said... It's representative of all the trains, planes, cars, conveyor belts at airports, romanticizing a time of hopping on trains illegally, being thrown onto hotel beds, squeezed into overhead bins, and being used until it couldn't be used anymore. A well-loved piece of my life that saw the world right beside me. Very well said, Andrew. He went on to tell me, and again, because he is just a very kind person that likes to build others up, he said that I was the only one who picked up on the two stickers, like the two flavors representing him and his husband, while the single sticker represented a place that only Andrew had traveled. It was a conversation that was tremendously humbling as it started off with me having to admit a mistake, but... More than that, it was a thrill for me to get to chat with an amazing artist I admire. And as I've said previously on the podcast, it's really cool when I get to meet someone I look up to, and then I discover that they're not just smart and talented, but also kind and generous with their time and sharing their insights. Part of the reason I make this podcast is to put something positive out into the world, and it is just... It is amazing to have that positivity coming back to me as a result. I guess that's my biggest takeaway from all of this. Now, after the break, I want to share one more interesting response I got from that same Andrew Fuller episode. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Okay, so in the Andrew Fuller episode, I was talking 
with Nathan, the host of Postmodern Art Podcast. And in the wrap-up segment, I started expanding on how and why I categorize art using the Louvre, the Lab, and the Lou. Uh, for those who didn't listen to the episode, I explained that when I was in college, my old roommate would hang a painting in the bathroom as a way to punish his failures. And he said the bathroom is where art went to die. Initially, I threw that category out, um, you know, the Lou, just because it was a bit of alliteration, but it also seems like kind of a funny, snarky little joke. The thing is, I'm really trying to be a better human and not make snarky comments. I don't want this to be a place full of snark. I, I really value earnest conversations. And so on this show... I really only talk about art that my guests and I like, and even my least favorite piece is the result of someone's hard work and therefore worthy of a modicum of respect. So as I've evolved, I have come to take the Lou more as a category to represent pieces that are temporary, experiential, ephemeral. Well, I got an email from a new listener, Cliff, and he shared his connection with art in the bathroom with a story that is absolutely lovely, and I think on some level I have to admit, maybe I have been thinking about this all wrong. He said he took a nice photograph capturing a sign in the fog. After printing a few copies, he gave one to the gallery, and the gallery manager asked if she could frame it and put it in the bathroom. Happy to have his work on display, Cliff, of course, said yes, and now, despite the gallery rotating exhibits every month, his photograph is on permanent display, and he considers it an honor. I gotta say, I am happy to be, you know, corrected yet again. Maybe the loo is the more permanent one, because we'll always have a need for the bathroom. It's utilitarian. It's not simply aesthetic, it is essential. Of course, if you have thoughts, connections, or corrections that you'd like to share, feel free to reach out to me, whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. And on the off chance that I someday get something right, please feel free to let others know of that fact by telling your friends about the show, leaving a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And I hope you do continue listening because uh, starting on December 25th, I am going to start broadcasting daily mini episodes covering 64 artists in 64 days, all in preparation for my annual Arts Madness tournament, which will be starting this spring. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.